0: I'd like to thank you all for your generosity. Could you show the picture? Uh, Last week, we collected 62 bags that were taken to uh, a church in New Smyrna. We also collected $1,685. And also, (laughs) yes, the Methodist women also collected $500. And all that was sent to them. John and his wife, Teresa, uh, took it, I think it was on Monday. And they are so, so grateful. Also, we have sent out about over 100 cards to the pastors in the southwest Florida. And there's still some names out there on your way out. If you feel like you can send one more card, we would really appreciate it. Um, I have already got an email saying thank you. So really thank you for your generosity. Uh, If you brought your Bible to church this morning, please open it to the book of Ephesians. The sermon will be uh, from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through chapter 6, verse 9. But I'm I'm only going to read a few verses, uh, 21 through 27. Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 21 through 27. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, Or in any other blemish, but holy and blameless. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we pray that your word will penetrate our hearts. That our ears will be ready to hear the message that you have for us today. Individually and as your body. And that our hearts will be ready to put it into practice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Usually, the first thing that comes to mind when we hear the word home is comfort and security, laughter, the sweet aroma of some delicious food or drink, uh, loving arms ready to embrace us and hug us really good, um, folded hands praying to the Lord as they reach heaven. And I believe that this is truly the plan that God had when he created the family. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And since then, Satan's greatest aim has been the destruction of the family. However, God has given us the tools to overcome the evil one. As we already know, this letter to the Ephesians is an instructional letter on how to live a higher life through Jesus Christ. And as I said from chapter five, verse 21 through uh, chapter six, verse nine, Paul gives us principle for godly and healthy relationships. God is a God of order. He's a God of purpose. He has established specific roles and duties for the members of the family. And these verses deal with five significant relationships. Wives to husbands, husbands to wives, children to parents, fathers to children, and slaves to masters. Remember, the apostle wrote this letter to new converts, who had just begun to experience the transforming power of Jesus Christ in their lives. As most of us know, in order for any relationship to be healthy and to last, it must be built on a solid foundation. Otherwise, when the storms of life come our way, and they will, the relationship will crumble. The elements that make a foundation strong are love, respect, honor, trust, faithfulness, and submission. As we read in verse 21, submit to one another. Now, the important thing to notice is that that verse doesn't end there. Submit to one another, period. Now, it goes on and he says, out of reverence for Christ. Some people have an issue with the word submission. Some women will say, yes, I'll submit my opinion. And even a greater issue some people will experience is that when it comes to putting that submission into practice, perhaps it's because This principle is totally opposite of what the world teaches, and also because we might not fully understand the nature of God. There are a few verses in the second chapter of the book of Philippians that helps us comprehend the concept and the importance of submission. Scholars have labeled these verses the kenosis, Uh, For the Greek word, the act of emptying. And he reads, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and other versions will say he emptied himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Jesus was and is equal with God, but he did not use his position for his own advantage. Instead, he surrendered, he submitted his own will to the divine will of the Father. God did not force him to do it. He did it voluntarily. Friends, biblical submission has nothing to do with force or the use of it. We don't use our power, our authority, our wealth To force others into submission. That behavior is totally against the word of God. The submission that God wants us to exhibit is voluntary. Just like Jesus did. As disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I are called to submit to one another. To lay aside our rights like Jesus did and to serve one another in love. This is one of the results of being filled with the Holy Spirit, as we learned last week. If the person has not yielded his or herself to the Holy Spirit, then submission will be a very hard thing, a very difficult principle to obey. In this relationship, the five significant relationship that he speaks about, as we read, wives submit to your husbands. It, again, that, that one doesn't end there either. It says, as unto the Lord, verse 22. The role of the Christian wife is to work with the husband, not to dominate or control the husband, as it was a trend in pagan Ephesus, thus creating confusion in the home. The, the wife is called to be a help beat, to compliment the husband. Proverbs 14:1, we read, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears it down. The second relationship, significant relationship, is husbands love your wives, just as scribe love the church, and gave himself for her. Verse 25. These verses are so interesting. Again, it doesn't say just husbands love your wife. Period. No. The verse goes on to say how the husband is supposed to love the wife. How? As Christ loved the church. When we study these verses in relationship to the family, we see that, I believe, the husband has a harder responsibility than the wife. Because the husband is called to love the wife as Christ loved the church. It's sacrificial love. It's boundless love. And this was a very strong message for the husbands at Ephesus. Remember the context, the place, the time, the culture... And at that, at that point, in that culture, uh, women were seen as object and often mistreated. The husband could present them, as they call it, with a letter of divorce just if he came home and the food was not on the table or if it wasn't hot enough. But this was not the will of God when he ins- instituted marriage back in the Garden of Eden. furthermore, God created the man, or the husband, to guide, to gird, and to guard his family. As Dr. James Dobson has said, the best thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. The third relationship, children obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right it is the first commitment with the promise. What is the promise? So that it will go well with you, and you may live long on this earth. It is not easy to obey this commitment in a world where disobedience and defiant behavior is applauded, and obedience is mocked. However, the Bible tells us that God honors obedience. When my kids were little, all the gifts that I would get them for Christmas would have a card. And in there, you know, I would put a message, but I would also say, remember, God honors obedience, and so does mommy. I wanted them to continue to remember how important obedience is. As a matter of fact, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, we read that obedience is better than sacrifice. And we cannot wait as parents and grandparents until the child is 10 or 12 to teach him or her about obedience. By then, it might be too late. Yes, children are going to push the fence. They want to know if it's still there. And as parents and grandparents, in a loving way, we need to remind them that, yes, it is still there. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen tells us, Discipline your child, and he will give you peace, or she will give you peace, and bring delight to your soul. The fourth relationship, fathers do not provoke, do not nag your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord, chapter 6, verse 4. To this admonition is added the counsel to train the children in the Lord. Not, Not only are fathers to be reasonable in their expectations of their children, but they also ought to be involved in the life of the child as well. In the culture of that time, the mothers were the ones that were um, responsible for the upbringing of the child. And the father would come along when it was time to discipline or punish the child. And that's not God's intention. God wants mom and dad and the family involved in the upbringing of the child. As Josh McDowell states, correction or discipline without relationship leads to rebellion. It's human nature. Why would I take your correction or your discipline if I don't really know you? God's perfect plan is for fathers to love their children so much to discipline. As the Bible says, I think it is in 1 Peter, that God the Father who loves us will discipline us as well. And then the fifth uh, relationship is slave- and Masters, chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Paul neither condemns nor condones the institution of slavery. Slaves were an intricate part of that culture and the household as well. And in the same manner, you and I are called to submit to those whom we work for or we work under. Submission, my friends, is a beautiful thing. The reality is that we need to submit to one another. This is the principle for proper personal relationship, whether at home or at church or place of employment, wherever it is. Now, you remember when the disciples had been out fishing for a while, all night, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, and they came back to the shore with nothing, And there was Jesus. And Jesus says to them, boys, let's go back out. And Peter said to him, but we've been out there all night and caught nothing. But because you say so, in other words, at your command, because you say so, we will go back out. Obedience was and is a beautiful thing. They came back with a net-breaking catch because they obey. God always, always honors obedience. And this submission, the biblical submission that he calls us to, is mutual and it's based on reverence for God. Following this principle will bring harmony to our homes, to our communities, our churches, and on and on, and to the world. You and I have been called to a higher standard for relationships. The life of a believer in Jesus Christ is the life of submission. Think about it. When Jesus was in that Garden of Gethsemane, And he did not want to go through this. He was suffering. He was crying out to the Father. He said, if it is your will, pass this cup away from me. But after praying that God-wrenching prayer, he said, but not my will. Your will be done. Perfect example of submission. What a different world this would be if people and believers and the church of Jesus Christ will live that kind of life. Father, not my will, but your will be done. I want to live a life according to your word. And yes, that life is against the ways of the world. Because the world says, whatever you want to do, do it, as long as you're happy. Even if it hurts other people. And we're teaching little kids this you don't have to obey authority, you're your own man or your own person. Be a tough guy, rebel, and tell the teacher whatever you want. Totally wrong, beloved. It is a biblical principle for us to submit to one another. As someone has wisely stated, a house is built by human hands, a home by a human heart who trusts and loves the Lord. May our relationships and our dwelling places not just be houses, But safe and peaceful homes of refuge where God's name is glorified by our submission to Him and to one another. We submit out of love for the Father. Submission is better than sacrifice. Father God, You see our hearts, you see our attitudes. As the Psalmist said, you see the sins that are lurking in our hearts. You know all things and you still love us. We yield ourselves to you today We pray to the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love for the Father. Give us the desire to submit to one another, to love one another. And Father, we pray for these five significant relationships. For wives to submit to their husbands and for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. For fathers not to nag their children, their grandchildren. For children to honor and obey their parents and their authorities. Father, forgive us. We live in a world nowadays that kids don't even have an identity anymore. Forgive us for our rebellious heart. Forgive us. For taking you out, removing you out of the school system. Forgive us for even <laughs> casting you out of our homes. Oh, we have sinned against you. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive America for its so many sins. May it again be a nation under God. Forgive those who have been in authority over us and are still in authority over us, over this great nation, who are sinning against you and rebelling against you. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, creating us a clean heart. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation. We need you, Lord Jesus. May our homes again be beacon of light and our churches and our community. You're the only one that can do it. Bring us revival, Lord. As the choir sang today, rain upon us, Holy Spirit. Rain upon us. Help us to live lives that truly reflect you. Help us, enable us To live the higher life that you have called us through Jesus Christ. This we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.